0: Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. We're going to talk about faith today and if you've heard me preach you would say that is no great surprise. Uh, Megan and I have a very clear call and a grace upon our lives to teach people how to overcome fear in their life and unbelief and how to release or activate faith in their lives. Because the Bible has so much to say about faith. We love to teach the Word of God. And as we minister around the planet, we get to see miracles and transformations as people apply the Word of God and they activate their faith. Now, we haven't got it all figured out. We're still on a journey ourselves, but we live by faith. We believe in faith for every meal, every plane ticket, every bill to be paid. And we have faith that every month the finances we need to finance our kids' education center in Cambodia. We have 100 amazing street kids in Cambodia that we've gathered together. We're educating them. We have eight full-time Khmai staff. And uh, we look after those kids and, oh my goodness, their, their English is almost better than mine now. When they When they came to the center, they couldn't speak a word of English. Uh, I hear that 80% of the kids and the families that are connected to our center are now plugged into a local church and growing in the things of God. And so, you know, we just trust God by faith to have all that we need to enable that ministry to go forward. So we really do live by faith. But recently somebody asked me, Andrew, why is it that you teach so much on faith? And I thought about that and I thought, well, firstly, you can't get saved without faith, right? You need faith to to come to faith in in Jesus. Secondly, you can't live the Christian life without faith because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. You can't walk the Christian walk without faith because the Bible says we walk by faith and not by faith. Sight, you can't fight the Christian fight without faith, because we're told that we are to fight the good fight of faith. You can't receive from God, as we're going to talk about today, without faith. You can't overcome this world and the challenges of this world without faith, because the Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes the world: our faith. And if that wasn't enough, the Bible says it is impossible not. Hard but impossible to please God without faith. So faith is a pretty important subject. Anybody agree with that? It's something that we need to know more about. Well, I had this message, Ben, all prepared by Tuesday. And I shared with Megan Tuesday lunchtime what I was going to preach on and she said, "Oh my goodness, you will just blow people's minds and I don't think the kids church leaders will be thrilled about being there for 3 hours and all the stuff you're thinking of sharing." So I had to pare things right back. All right, I had to work hard until Thursday afternoon to shrink things down so that the kids leaders can get out on time and you can get to lunch on time, but we're going to make a start on things and if this is helpful, well Pastor Ben will have me back again. In fact, let you in on a little secret. He asked me to, to come and minister in a couple of months time when he's on holidays. And I had a call this week about someone, you know, some stuff that we could go and do in Asia. And I said, no, I can't do that because I have committed to being at Activate Church on that time. So your pastors can go on a holiday. But I tell you what, you better be here that, that weekend. I'll let you know in advance where it is. But if I can be here, you can be here. All right. All right, Mark chapter 10, and we're going to talk today about activating our faith. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus is talking to the disciples about the kingdom of God. And in verse 27, it says, Jesus looked at them and he said to them, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Everybody say, with God. All things are possible. Say, all things are possible with God. Do you believe that today? Now, I want you to notice what Jesus says. He says, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. Now, why did he say that? Well, he said that because we know there are a lot of things in this world... That are impossible for men and women to accomplish and fix and do. And so Jesus says here, with men, there are a whole heap of things that are impossible, but not with God. Amen? Amen. Not with God. Why not? For with God, Jesus says, all things are possible. Well, let's make sure that we understand that this morning. Does that mean, friend, that it is possible... For you to be set free this year from some habit, some addiction, some sin that has hindered you for years and years and years and years and years. According to Jesus, is it possible that this year you could be completely set free from that thing? Is it possible? It is possible, absolutely. I'm telling you, friend, what drugs cannot do and what therapy cannot do and what the best medicine in the world cannot do, God can do. How do I know that? Because right here in Mark 10, 27, Jesus said, with God, help me out, all things are possible. That's what he said. All things are possible. All right. So tell me, even though you've messed up 989 times in the same area again and again and again over the past 10 years, you just keep messing up and messing up and coming to the altar and bringing that to God and then messing up again. Is it possible To get completely free in that area this year and never fall again until you meet Jesus face to face. Is that possible? Well, according to Jesus, it is possible. It's possible because with God, all things are possible. Now, it is good to declare that in church. It's great for us to declare that here this morning. We all believe that. But on Thursday night when you're lying in your bed thinking about all those things in your life that have tripped you up and cost you relationally and hindered your intimacy with God, and you're like, no, no, I remember what Andrew said on Sunday. It's a new day. It's a new year. I believe that all things are possible with God. Friend, can I tell you that right there you can expect your spiritual enemy to come in and say, oh, no not you. No, no, no. Not you. You are messed up. That may be true for other people, but man, that is just how you're wired. That is how you will always be. Now, I'm not telling you that this morning to discourage you. I'm telling you that so that you'll be ready when that comes. He's called the accuser of the brethren. That's what he does. That's his job. He comes and he whispers things to us. So this year, when the devil comes and tries that trick on you, I want you to make a commitment this morning that when he comes, and he will come, that when he comes, you will say, oh, no. You shut up, devil. I'm a brand new creation. I'm forgiven. I'm free. And I believe that with God, all things are possible. Will will you do that for me this year? Amen. Amen. And you watch as he flees from you. That's what the Bible says. When we resist him, he flees. That word flee means to run in terror. That gives you some kind of an indication of the power of a person of faith. So if we're going to activate our faith this year, let's agree that any time we are tempted to think this year, oh, there's just no way. It's just too bad. It's impossible. We're going to grab a hold of that thought. We're going to wrestle it to the ground and we're going to stomp all over it. Now, why would we do that? Well, because we know that that thought or that statement cannot be true. If the Word of God is true, then that cannot be true. I'm saying to you this morning, in 2018, anything in your life that has a hint of impossibility about it, there should be something in you that rises up on the inside and you should immediately say, no, nothing is impossible with God. There is no such thing as impossible for my God. With God, all things are possible. And I tell you, friend, if you will do that, when those impossible situations come along, your life will change this year. Situations will be different. There'll be a joy on the inside. But if you are not convinced about that, if you're wavering, or or if you put your hope in people, in other people, in in so-called experts, can I say to you this morning that when the expert tells you I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. When the expert says, I'm sorry, things have gone too far. It's too far gone. There is nothing we can do. If you're not convinced about this, you're going to cry. You're going to despair. You're going to be overcome by fear. But friend, if your faith is in the God of the impossible... If that's where your trust is, when that specialist looks at you and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. You'll just smile and you'll say, thank you for your time. Yeah. And you will shake that person by the hand and you'll be all polite. But then you'll go downstairs and you'll get in your car and you will shut the door and you'll say, I don't care what I see and I don't care what they say and I don't care what I feel because I know... All things are possible with God. I believe that. I believe that. So I'm not going to die with this thing like the test said. And I'm not going to go downhill like the specialist said. I'm going to live and I'm going to declare the glory of God with a long life. He's going to satisfy me. Amen. But we've got to be convinced of that. Now, friend, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor absolutely you go. God uses the medical profession in wonderful ways. But what I'm saying is that Jesus makes it pretty clear with men. Oh, there's all kinds of things that are impossible, but not with God, not with God, with him, all things are possible. See, I know that Sometimes when pastors talk about things like that, people get a little bit upset. They get a little bit huffy and they say, oh, that's irresponsible of you. You you shouldn't give people false hope like that. Hey, listen, I didn't write Mark 10, 27. If you've got a problem with it, you take it up with Jesus because he was the one that said that, not me. Jesus said with men, I don't care how smart they are. It is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Do you believe that this morning? I do. I honestly believe that. I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in my family's life. I think I shared with you last time about my dad who was diagnosed with terminal multiple myeloma. He's three months in intensive care. They had, he was hooked up to nine different machines. had 98% of his uh, blood was filled with this cancer. His count was through the roof. They said he would never get off those machines. My dad today's cancer count is two. His specialist can't understand it. He's doing all the things that he used to do 10 years ago. And God has totally, totally, totally turned his life around. I believe that nothing's impossible without God. All right. Well, now I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 9, because here, things are about to get very interesting indeed. Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus has come down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he walks right into an argument. You see, this desperate dad has a son who is possessed by an evil spirit, been causing all kinds of harm for many, many years. And so he brings his son to the disciples to see if they can do anything about it. But nothing that they do seems to work. And so an argument breaks out between a desperate dad and the religious leaders of the day who were listening to all this and the disciples. Now, let me pause here this morning and say to you, Just because someone prayed for you in the past and you did not see the results that you were looking for, believing for or hoping for does not mean that it wasn't God's will for you to have that thing. We're going to talk about that this morning. I said just because someone prayed for you, laid hands on you or gave you a prophetic word and you did not receive the results that you were hoping for does not mean that it wasn't God's will for you to have it. It just means you didn't receive something. It does not mean it was not God's will for you to have it. You say, oh, pastor, the person that prayed for me has a healing ministry and is amazing. And at that meeting, all these other people were healed, but I wasn't. So that must mean that it wasn't God's will for my life to have that. No, 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 no. That's not right. Just because you didn't receive just means you didn't receive. It does not mean that God didn't want you to have it. We're going to talk about that today because when it comes to activating our faith and operating in a way where we're receiving from God, a lot of people that I talk to have this religious idea that if something happened, that shows that it must have been God's will. And if something didn't happen, well, it must not have been God's will. Friend, that's not in the Bible. That's a religious idea that's been taught over the last hundred years. It's amazing if you look at it, previous generations did not teach that. But somewhere along the line, in the last hundred years, that message has been taught again and again and again. And we're going to look at that this morning. We need to change our mind. The Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to bring our mind into line with what the Word of God says, not what a pastor says. Not what you heard someplace, not what your uncle said, but what the Bible says. So let's look at it. Mark chapter 9 and verse 20, they brought the boy to Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground, foaming at the mouth. And so Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said to him, from childhood, can you imagine the pain that the father was going through? He says, from childhood. And often it's thrown him into the fire and the water to destroy him. But Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And I want you to look closely at verse 23. Jesus answered and he said, well, I'm sorry. My disciples did their best. But obviously it wasn't God's will for your little boy to be healed. We we really don't know why it is, but I guess that's the mystery of God's will. Is that what Jesus said? Is that what he said? That's not what he said. But friends, I tell you, that's what millions and millions and millions of people in church today believe. This man turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, if you can do anything... Have compassion on us and help us. And what does Jesus say? Verse 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In other words, Oh, Jesus, it's bad. You don't understand. It's really, really bad. Is there anything that you can do, Jesus? And Jesus looks at that man and he says, Oh, no, it's not about me. The issue is, Can you believe? It's not about me. Can you believe? Friend, this man did what millions of people do today. He tried to put all the responsibility for the miracle onto Jesus. If you can help us, Jesus, if you could just do something. My son's in terrible agony. If you could do something. But Jesus, look at it, puts it right back on him. And he says, no, if you can believe, all things are possible. For them that believe. And obviously this man understood what Jesus was saying. Because verse 24, he cries out, I love this. And he says, I believe. Please help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Ever been there? And Jesus did help him. And the boy was healed. Now I want you to notice something very, very significant here. In Mark chapter 10, we read it earlier. It said, nothing is impossible for God. But here in Mark chapter 9, Jesus says, if you believe, same word as having faith, if you believe, nothing will be impossible for you. That's amazing, isn't it? This is a big, big subject and maybe I'll teach more on it next time. But very quickly, let me explain this for those of you who just need a little bit more and for others that don't, just, just stick with me for 30 seconds. When we study the Bible, we discover that God, in the very beginning, He blesses mankind and He gives mankind the delegated authority to rule and to reign on heaven's behalf. That's what God blesses Adam and Eve with. That means that God chooses to use people to accomplish His plans and purposes in the earth. We see that throughout the Scriptures. God could zap every person in Melbourne into the kingdom just like that. He could just zap them all into the kingdom. But instead, he's chosen to use people like you and me to share the good news with them. And if we don't do it, we know those people won't hear, right? Now, we know that Adam and Eve were given the authority over creation. That's what the Bible tells us. But in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that when Jesus rose from the dead, his victory gave him authority, not just on the earth, but it says over heaven and earth and under the earth. That's the demonic realm. That's why Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. But then as he was about to ascend, he said the most astonishing thing. He said, the authority and the power that I have, I'm now giving to you. Now you go and continue the work that I have been doing. Now that is huge. I don't know if you appreciate just how massive that is. Moses didn't have that kind of power and authority. Abraham didn't have that. In the Old Testament, their authority was limited to dominion over the earth. But now, because of what Jesus achieved on the cross, the Bible says we have authority and power in the spirit realm as well, the unseen realm. That's why the disciples were able to cast out demons and see the sick healed. Because in Luke chapter 9 and verse 1, it tells us that Jesus gave them the power and the authority to do that. But then in Matthew chapter 28, as I referred to before, he gave that same authority to you and to me. Can you imagine that? God loves us enough. He trusts us enough to entrust to us that kind of power and authority. Well, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that as members of God's kingdom, we have certain kingdom rights as His children. We have kingdom privileges as His kids. And God partners with us to bring heaven's authority into the earthly realm. That's why we are to pray on earth. May it be on earth, God, as it is right now in heaven. Now, what is the trigger? What is the trigger that releases heaven's power on the earth? Mm -hmm. The Bible says it's faith, belief. It is faith. That is why over and over and over, Jesus would say, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Go, your faith has made you whole. If you believe, nothing will be impossible for you. So let's understand today, and don't miss this. God does the miracle, okay? We don't do the miracle. God does the miracle. It's the power of God that that heals the person, that changes the person. We don't do that. But it's our faith that is key to receiving a miracle in our life. What does faith do? Well, if you're taking notes this morning, you might want to put this down. Faith goes into the past And it pulls into the present what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. That's what faith does. It reaches into the past and it takes a hold of what Jesus achieved 2,000 years ago. And it pulls that into the present. Or we could say it like this. And I think with your theme this year, this would make more sense. We could say faith receives what grace provides. Grace has provided it at the cross. At the empty tomb, grace provides it, but faith must receive it. Faith must reach out and receive what grace has provided. See, that word faith, when we say, well, what does faith even mean? Faith means to be in agreement with heaven. That's what it means. It means to agree with what God says. It means to be fully persuaded by what God says. But if you've heard or grown up believing or read a few books or whatever and and come to the conclusion that, oh, no, 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 it's all a great mystery and we can never, never know God's will about something, how will you ever be in agreement with heaven and receive something by faith? You won't. Instead, you'll do what millions and millions of Christians do and you will pray, well, Lord, if you want me to have it, I guess you'll give it to me. But if not, I guess it wasn't your will. Friend, I want to clear this up this morning because this has messed a lot of people up and they're waiting for things that have already been provided for on the cross. If you want to receive anything from God, you have to know His will about it. You can't be in the dark about it. The first thing you need to know is God's will about something. But the good news is you can know God's will. You can know the will of God. Where is the best place to discover God's will? In His Word. That's where you find out God's will. Maybe write this down. God's Word is His will revealed. God's Word is God's will revealed. Think about it. What kind of a God would He be if He promises something in His Word that wasn't His will for your life to have? He's gone and promised it, but then, oh, sorry, that's not my will for you. Yeah. See, see, religion has taught this loosey-goosey kind of, well, you can never know the will of God kind of a thing, but that is completely contrary to the Word of God. We say, well, pastor, you can't expect to understand God. Well, you can if God's our teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You can if the Word of God, Jesus, is teaching us something, you can. The Bible says that God doesn't want you to remain ignorant. The Bible says that we are to discover what the will of God is. God is a spirit being and he's created you as a spirit being and he's filled you with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says because of that, you are able to know all things. Not because you're so smart, but because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside who knows all things. I want you to see this morning what an insult it is to God to say, well, you just never know what God's going to do. You just never know. We'll pray, but we're just not really sure. We never know what God's going to do. Imagine if you said that about me. Imagine if after this service we were having a cup of coffee and you told me, well, Pastor Andrew, you know, things aren't so good. Just been a challenging month and uh, financially things are pretty tough. In fact, I discovered on Friday that if I don't get $2,000 by this Wednesday at 5 o'clock, the bank is going to take away my house. You shared that with me and I said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. I will go to the bank on Wednesday at 1 o'clock and I will pay the $2,000 that you need so that you will secure your house. But then five minutes later... When someone asked you about that, you said, well, you just never really know what that guy is going to do. I mean, he says some good things and he said to me that he would, but you just never know what he's going to do. What would you be saying about me? you say you can't trust me? You'd say you can't rely on me? You'd say that my word is no good? Come on, look with me at what the Apostle Paul says. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. This is a great verse. He says, Therefore, don't be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. He says, don't be vague. You can know what it is. How do we discover what it is? Well, his word is his will revealed. So this morning, if you need healing in your body, the first thing that you want to do, is you want to understand, you go to the Word, and you discover what is God's will concerning healing. Because see, there's no point believing for something and asking God for something or claiming something by faith and sticking things up on your fridge if you do not know that God wants you to have that thing, right? Yeah. You can say all kinds of things. And sometimes in the Christian world, we hear about the power of our confession. And I will talk about that tonight. But people get all excited about that. And they start claiming things that God never promised them. And then they're disappointed that they didn't receive. So the first thing we have to do is we have to know that God wants that for us. Well, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, have a look at it. It says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen. Amen. The glory of God through us. What's Paul saying? He's saying, friend, because of what Jesus achieved on the cross, all of the promises of God are yours. They're available to you. If they're in God's word because of what Jesus did on the cross, they're available to you. And so, if you want to be sure that what you're speaking out by faith will come to pass, you've got to start with the promises in God's word. You've got to start with those facts. If they're Bible facts, you start with them. So for instance, when the Bible says in 1 Peter 2 verse 24 of Jesus, it says he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been, past tense, healed. You have been. Friend, that's not a promise. That's already happened, the Bible says. That is a Bible fact. It's already happened. And so we can stand on that because we know that God will never go back on His Word. That means you can say that. You can claim that. You can be confident in that. You don't just have to make something up and hope that it will come to pass. No, no. if you want to receive the promises of God, you say what God has already said in His Word. You just say what God says. That's what John was talking about in 1 John John 5 and verse 14. Look at this. He says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to His will, we're not going to ask in the dark. We're not going to ask guessing. He says, we've got confidence. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever it is that we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. John says, we know. Yeah. We don't have to beg God. Yeah. We don't have to plead. We just have to believe. Yeah, and I think right. the band is coming. Listen to me, friend. I want to tell you this morning, if it is in His Word, we can believe it. If it is in His Word, it belongs to us as children of God. If it's in His Word, it will work, it will work, it will work. No matter what's happening in the economy, no matter what's happening in your family, no matter what's happening personally, if it's in His Word, it will work. I came to tell you this morning. That if you want 2018 to be your best year ever, if you want to overcome those obstacles that have held you back, if you want to move in the miraculous this year, if you want to flourish financially, if you want to take ground for the kingdom, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it feels like, regardless of what the experts tell you, You can trust in God's Word. You can absolutely trust in God's Word. You can step out by faith and you can be confidently assured that all things are possible with God and all things are possible for those that believe. Can you say amen this morning?